Hey, I'm Taylor Dorson, and this is The Professional Technical Interviewee. Technical interviews are hard, and every company does them differently. On this show, I interview engineering leaders to see what they look for in technical candidates, and then they perform a real technical interview with me. I hope you enjoy. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you, Taylor. Absolutely. Uh, well, Brian, let me introduce you. I uh, currently an engineering manager and senior software engineer at United Healthcare Technologies. Uh, which you previously worked at Rally Health, which was acquired uh, by United Healthcare, and you also run the Chicago Code Pin Meetup, which you've kind of converted into this platform agnostic creative meetup called Computer.Art. It's really cool. And you're also a mentor and TA for Code Platoon, um, where you help support other veterans who are getting a start in their uh, tech career. Did I, did I catch it all? Did I miss anything there? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, thank you. Cool. Uh, can you share a little bit about um, kind of your team and, and your role right now? Um, yeah, so my team uh, supports the dashboard experience, so the digital web platform for United Healthcare, um, which has in the upwards of 10 to 20 million users. Uh, I believe it's 20 at the moment. Um, and the kind of feature and product objective of my team is the onboarding experience for users. So uh, I guess the overall like business goal of that is to automate the call center process. So mm. previously we would have had to call in to change like our uh, info, like address, uh, change of name. Uh, if any info was incorrect, we'd have to go through that process. So we've automated a lot of that. Nice. That's really cool. And what's, I know um, we're massive companies, so probably lots of different tech stacks, but what, what's your team specifically kind of working on a day-to-day basis? Uh, yeah. So we work uh, in React. Uh, previously, we had AngularJS, and we've completely moved off of that, um, which was multi-year process just because uh, a lot of features were still in flight. So you would have mm. to... Uh, Build for both of the for both AngularJS and React at the same time, mm. and make sure that uh, after a conversion that the tests were still passing correctly. Difficult process. So now that we're completely off uh, AngularJS, uh, it's React. We also have end-to-end tests, uh, possibly moving to Playwright for everything, which is a wonderful experience uh, compared to like utilizing Selenium, which just kind of is not preferred by us anymore. Um, just doesn't is, really meet our needs. Is Playwright a testing framework? Am I familiar with that? Or an automation uh, tool? Yeah, so Playwright is a end-to-end uh, testing library. I believe Microsoft is the biggest player and or probably the main player uh, involved in it. Just, um, yeah, so like... Similar to what Selenium does, uh, you just go through and set up kind of the critical paths that you're trying to verify. So uh, validating that the API agreements between all the integrations that we have are coming through as expected. Cool. I am behind on the, the testing world, so I'm always curious when, oh. when people uh, mention something I haven't heard of. That's cool. Okay. Uh, Great. Well, that's really interesting. Can you share a little bit about your pathway into technology? Um, yeah. So uh, I initially grew up 
around computers. My dad was a system admin and just general like IT person. Um, and he never really got much into programming. He scripted a little bit, but uh, I kind of moved my way into that area in high school. Um, and through that, I also got heavily, heavy into art and technology and kind of that intersection. Um, and uh, before going to, high, before like finishing high school, I actually signed up for the Marines. Uh, and so all of that kind of future goals were set aside. Um, and then I can kind of skip ahead after that, which goes through the cancer thing that I had, which, so we'll skip over that. Um, and yeah, then I kind of looked into undergrads that uh, focused on art and technology. Um, and I didn't really get into programming a whole lot uh, until grad school. And that's where I mm. uh, really explored like Java, C Sharp. Uh, I really, really uh, enjoyed working with processing. Uh, it's kind of like a developer uh, environment for building out uh, creative coding, uh, like sketchbook type approaches. Mm -hmm. Um, so you could build like particle systems, uh, you could render, you could render 3d objects in it and kind of just do a lot of visualization with it. Um, and then towards the final year of grad school is when I really focused in on front end development. So learning JavaScript, HTML, CSS, uh, building out websites for various departments across the university and various kind of groups within uh, those departments. Um, and along with that, I uh, kind of started focusing on just resume building and the way to create effective uh, accomplishments around that. Nice. What was your undergrad in? I'm curious. Uh, undergrad, so they called it Time Arts uh, back then, it technically was new media, which is kind of more tr translates to a lot of other universities. Uh, so it involved uh, building out and building out inputs to like physical computing inputs and being able to read and convey what kind of data uh, we are seeing, uh, building out animations and also uh, creating animations through code. And uh, also 3D animations. So a few people went off to work at uh, various, like, uh, was it visual effects studios afterwards? Mm -hmm. Nice. That sounds really interesting. Can and you share a little bit about the, the computer art meetup? Because it's something that, so I, I come from a theater background before I shifted into, uh, well, tech recruiting, but then, then um, engineering itself. Um, but I was when I started getting into software development, I was like, is there a way that I can do something artistic with code? And it's still kind of been on the back burner for a couple of years, but every once in a while I see like an interesting framework that's definitely geared towards that or like an interesting tool. And I'm like, oh, I should dive into that. And then, you know, kind of stays on the back burner. But I'm curious about the the kind of meetup and and uh, the work you do with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, initially I uh, was attending uh, CodePen Chicago and, uh, it was previously ran by Matt Soria. And uh, when he decided to kind of move off, I just kept asking him about like being able to kind of take it over and work with some of the sponsors that he was using. 
I'm partnering with. And from there, I kind of moved it to uh, just kind of more around like the loop and River North and West Loop and also started expanding beyond uh, CodePen. Like I mm. love the platform and always will. Uh, but I also want to see uh, other approaches to creative coding. Because um, we were seeing people that would use like Twilio as a form of expression. Uh, people would also show different shaders for uh, video games that they were programming, which was always phenomenal to see that. And, and then after like, I want to say two years of organizing, I just decided to fully convert it to computer.art and uh, open it up to make it explicitly platform agnostic so that mm. people didn't feel as though they had to create something in CodePen. Um, and yeah, we've seen, uh, yeah, like why I mentioned shaders, uh, we've seen someone cover uh, utilizing the Kinect uh, for, with uh, choreography as a form of expression. So like they would partner uh, with a dancer and uh, the data that they collected from that uh, would generate kind of a partnership with the dancer, uh, which, yeah, like extremely like mind-blowing and wonderful. Um, and yeah, one of the Twilio things that we saw was uh, having people provide their number, which is okay. Uh, so providing the number and what it did is it would uh, call the number with a unique sound and you had mm -hmm. to find someone else with the same unique sound in order to kind of figure out who was like the partner. And the, the idea was based off of the way penguins communicate to each other. That's interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's, mm -hmm. that's um, both of those are like different examples than, than what I'm would think of when I think of, you know, code art as like, Oh, maybe we, dynamically generate something on screen, right? Using some type of code, yep. right? That's kind of the path. I've done that in the past. So that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You shared a little bit about basically in grad school, you started kind of working on stuff, some stuff at the university. Um, can you share about your, your first job kind of after school, uh, how you landed that role? Uh, yeah. So yeah, the first job that I was able to get, uh, I was actually able to, uh, Kind of submit everything and get accepted and accepted an offer even before school finished which was wonderful especially considering that i was coming out of a fine arts program and so uh, it was with a marketing agency that had kind of various interests in how they were generating revenue uh, so their primary clients were like png what else merck uh or merrick uh, I think Abvi at some point. And so they partnered with pharmaceuticals for uh, patient recruitment for trial for drug trials. And yeah, I uh, kind of went in for the interview, provided uh, at least a few of the sites that I worked on. We looked over the source code, chatted a little bit. Uh, I talked about like what I had learned and what I, and the direction I was going and kind of was hired on the spot at that point. That's great. And I think helpful, um, probably having that art background going into um, a company that's in like that digital media space, probably really useful. And especially just context too, like you're able to work with maybe designers or, or artists a little bit easier because you understand that world. Yeah. Being able to translate the designs made it a lot easier. 
Uh, and if something was ambiguous, I would always clarify like specific expectations with the designer. Do you, I'm, I'm curious, cause I know there's a lot of um, small, but also really large kind of like, I don't know the right term to use. Maybe you have a better term, like advertising, digital content type type companies, um, like almost almost consulting agencies, but more so like in the digital space, um, in the Chicagoland area. And I've always, when I was a recruiter, I always thought it was interesting. Like some people clearly love that space, and they're like, I'll never do anything else, right? I just love this because I get to work on fifty projects a year. And some people are like, oh, I get burnt out after after six months, right? Um, I'm curious, as like one of the first couple jobs you had, was that? fun was that exciting was it really stressful maybe all of those <laughs> um yeah it was it was interesting to see the direction the tech was headed uh be like as i started and then seeing the shift in direction uh for the technology uh after i was there for a while so like the first job they did not have uh git at all uh mm. just wild to me and this was in 2013. Uh, so I uh, strongly advocated for implementing at least Git. So we utilized, uh, or we moved into GitLab at some point uh, by kind of working with some of the other engineers and even spun up like a CMS. It was definitely like a little stressful doing a lot of this, but also it kind of propelled me a little further into my career, which was nice. And can you share a little bit about how you um, ended up in your current role? Uh, yeah. So uh, at the moment, of course, I, or at the time, I was not looking for anything. Uh, I was just promoted uh, after a few months at my, at the, at that job. So I was moved up to senior software, senior front end engineer, and I was kind of happy a little bit. Uh, and then uh, I got contacted by uh, internal recruiter and uh, just started like chatting and looking up like what the company did and what their like position was as a business um, and decided to go through the interview process and really enjoyed talking with everyone. Um, like the hiring manager was a wonderful person, still kind of talk with him here and there. And yeah, it was just kind of nice experience and uh, also money, more money than I would have uh, expected, especially in a Chicago market. So that was a big seller. And this was Rally Health at the time? Yeah, yeah. Was this, this was during probably that big growth period, right? Did, did it, they hire a lot, a lot of folks during the first couple of years you were there? Yeah. So in 2019, uh, they had, yeah, they had a good amount of expansion. Um, and, the smart thing that they also did was they would do hiring, kind of hiring bursts, and then they mm -hmm. would do hiring freezes uh, in order to make sure that the people that they did hire uh, were being properly trained and that it wasn't just kind of an ever, ever water, like a waterfall of people coming through. That's great because you can almost have classes, right? Of like, okay, we have... Yeah. 15 new tech hires that are all trying to get ramped up on our internal technology. So maybe you can group some of those speedings instead of every week, you got to train a new person on whatever your internal systems are. Right. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. Cool. Can you, um, have you done technical interviews lately, um, for your team? And, and if so, kind of what does your role look like in the, the interview process? Oh yeah. So I, 
at least for a while, I was running two interviews a week uh, for like many months. Uh, and it focused on uh, JavaScript for at least one section or at least one pillar. And then the other pillar would focus on HTML and CSS. And then the third pillar uh, would focus on architecture design. Sounds like a, a decent amount of interviews. Um, what are you typically kind of evaluating for in those pieces? Obviously, that those kind of those are the different the structures. But what are you looking for in the individual? Um, yeah. So uh, throughout the interview, or at least any any point, whether it's technical or culture, uh, I I I at least am most interested in the person themselves and less interested in the solution that they are providing. I kind of want to hear them communicate and the journey that they're going through in order to get the, to that solution. Because to me, a big part of it is uh, the communication that happens there. Hmm. So have, have I been able to communicate effectively to them? And have they been able to communicate effectively to me? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I always try to like at least for me mentally frame like oh i'm coding this i'm trying to get to some type of solution but i'm really almost pairing with this person right and some interviewers are really receptive to that and some interviewers aren't but i think it's a helpful mindset if nothing else to be like we're, we're working through this together because at the end of the day you're trying partially you're trying to see someone's problem solving skills but also you're trying to see what it's like to work with that person right so let's reflect that yeah. at least to some extent in the interview right yeah, and making sure that they're not expressing a lot of negativity, that they're not being dismissive of anybody. Um, do you have a standardized system that you use when you do those interviews? I think you, you touched on it a little bit, like you have kind of three different pieces of it. Yeah, uh, so I have at least a collection of challenges, and I'm very explicit in the expectations of what I want to see throughout the entire process. Mm. Along with that, I provide uh, various testing cases that we will be able to run the functions against. And I also do not uh, do any challenge that I personally have not gone through myself, or at least have tried or attempted, um, and at least got to a solution so that uh, I can understand what the, what the interviewee is going through. Um, and along with that, I try to remove as much ambiguity and anxiety from them as possible. Uh, convey, I like to convey that they can look at uh, whatever resource they are able to use for resolving an issue. Uh, and especially if it is MDM, I am more than enthused to let them look through and verify any assumptions that they have along the way. That's great. I really like that piece of You've, you've at least done the problem before, right? Because I think it's so yeah. easy to go, ah, this seems like a good question. And without having actually kind of struggled through it and knowing, is this something that, you know, the average person is going to be able to work through or not? Um, mm -hmm. And doing that for like each of your problems, not just, well, we got a couple that I know work well and we usually use those, but we got one or two that are we are hard ones. Right? <laughs> um, sometimes yeah. you give those to people. Like that's, I think that's a great practice that more people should get in the habit of. Um, yeah, or even yeah. like occasionally making sure that senior engineers basically the people that you're asking the level of people you're asking these questions to like your internal team can actually do these right i think that helps a lot with yeah. the interviewing feeling realistic can you walk me through the interview process kind of step by step of what the the actual interviews are yeah so 
initially, I always go through just the introduction and uh, have the person introduce themselves with their preferred name, pronouns, and just kind of have like a brief chat with them. And kind of right away, I jump into the technical interview portion. Uh, I provide them with at least the code pen uh, with a collaboration link from one of the challenges that I've worked. And of course, even before uh, they begin, I just notify them that they are allowed to check anything and they are allowed to Google for uh, anything as long as it is not for the specific solution that we are trying to resolve. Um, and along with that, that they can verify any assumption with me and ask any question, but I will be there as uh, kind of a junior engineer watching them. Yeah, I like that. That's great. And then are you the first step in the process or are, does someone, do they typically speak with a recruiter or something before you? Uh, yeah, so uh, typically it will go through a recruiter first. Um, and I can... The way that uh, it's set up is I could be part of the technical phone screen or I could be part of the final interview process. Nice. So those could kind of swap interchangeably. Yeah. So it'd be recruiter, then a technical, then like the final? Is that just the three stages of the interview process? Yeah. So, and the final is usually, I think, I don't know if it's still four slots. It's kind of always in flux at the moment because... Uh, we've been fully integrated into the parent company from like, so Rally Health now fully integrated into Optum and or slash UHD. So United Healthcare. Yeah. Nice. Great. But how do you think you've done in the past um, in technical interviews? Did you love them? You hate them somewhere in between? Uh, yeah. In the past, I definitely hated them. Um <clears throat> But also, I realized that if I wanted to get like get to any next level, I would have to go through and study them. Mm -hmm. um, so at least at one point, I kind of uh, crammed through a significant amount of like lead code questions, uh, went back through a lot of computer science uh, uh, reading material and uh, like online courses, just to refresh my memory and really understand uh, what people are looking for in the interviews. Um, but yeah, overall, it's still like interview is a performance. And if someone is not, if someone does not have that skill, uh, interviews are just going to be difficult no matter what. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm curious because a lot of folks come in from a non-traditional kind of tech background. Sometimes that computer science-y stuff is the difficult part, right? Because if you didn't get yep. it necessarily in your degree, then you're trying to learn it when it almost feels a little separated from like your actual day-to-day, -day, right? So is that a difficult process for you to, to go back and kind of learn or like relearn some of those concepts? Or was that fairly straightforward? I'm just curious. Uh, I would say it, it was difficult at first, um, but since I've kind of been going through it more than once, a lot of it has started sticking. And I understand the reasoning behind like optimizing in a specific way because uh, I have seen a good amount of code that kind of destroys the performance of an application when the simplest thing is maybe just like pushing something into array instead of like 
stepping through the array, verifying something's there. And if it's always at the end, they just like go through and modify it and do a bunch of other stuff. When like you just you just remove that last element then and you're done. Yeah, that makes sense. Having that understanding uh, probably very helpful. Do you have any type of um, system you use to break down interview questions? Let's say you're in an interview where you go, oh no, I don't have an immediate solution for this. What do I do now? Um, yeah, so uh, so I've at least only done one technical interview in like the last few years that I can remember. Because um, uh, I'm fine where I'm at. Uh, I enjoy the team, the, the company, everything else. Um, so I'm not like looking or anything, but uh, the process that I at least expect and did go through was uh, restating the question uh, and or the objective of the uh, of the interview. Um, this this usually helps to identify uh, the specific uh, uh, objective or goal that I should be looking towards and just like clarifies it in my own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I always state everything out loud uh, and even ask clarifying questions around uh, the programming fundamentals of what what the interviewer is testing for, uh, if they are allowed to state that. Um, I try Maybe. to understand. Oh, Sorry, can you expand that? on that? What do you mean specifically? Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, are they testing for recursion? Are they testing for hash map, hash tables, loops? Are they testing Got for it. like uh, expertise in the language? Uh, are they looking for specific patterns uh, that I've utilized? Um, state management flows, et cetera. Yeah. How would you frame a question like that? I think that's a great, great idea. I don't know exactly how I would frame that though, other than saying, are you looking for a specific type of solution? Yeah. So uh, usually I state it as I'm going to do a brute force attempt. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if it is something that I'm unfamiliar with and I want to resolve it quickly. Um, and as long as I'm able to resolve the brute force attempts, then I will ask uh, about other specific possible solutions that uh, the interviewer would want to see. Um, and usually they will provide that up, or at least they have provided up. Uh, so like if it's recursion, uh, they'll kind of state like, yeah, we'd like to at least see a recursion attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, can't or can we optimize this a little a little bit more? Got it. So you might get a pretty explicit answer, but you might also get something a little bit more vague, but but at least they're pointing you in a direction. I think that yeah. that's the stuff that maybe makes more sense to me is like an interview being like, well, have you thought about using X? Right? You're like, okay, great. They probably want me to go that direction. Let's see what I can do there. Right. Sorry to derail you. Um, I, I don't know if okay. you were. Oh yeah. So yeah, going back to like determining the programming function foundations that they're expecting. Uh, so then I try to understand the question in its entirety, uh, mostly verifying the assumptions even before writing pseudocode. Uh, and I, one thing I always uh, kind of lay out is uh, what are the expectations of the input and output that they uh, would like to see? Uh, and that will help identify possible edge cases uh, when building out for any challenge. And then kind of breaking down uh, the path towards those solutions, 
Um, like what I mentioned earlier with brute force solution, uh, I always try to uh, at least attempt that and then see if there's a way to optimize off that or mm. if there's another uh, type of uh, approach that they would like to see in the solution. And so, yeah, providing uh, alternative solutions, if time permits, of course. Uh, and uh, after that process is done, kind of asking from a prepared list of questions, uh, usually around like the company's engineering goals, uh, reviews, expectations, um, and the interviewer's own experience at the company, whether it's mm -hmm. good or bad or like what the best part or and worst part about it is. Yeah, that's great. I, I think sometimes people feel worried or like they don't have questions to ask. And I say those are pretty straightforward one if you just ask someone, hey, what do you how do you enjoy or what do you enjoy working about? Um what do you enjoy about working there or like what have you done that's been really exciting um to you in the last year, right? Like the whole people love to talk about themselves, especially if you can get them more involved than you've been, you know, if you've been coding for a half hour, now it gives them a chance to actually talk. So I think those are yeah, great, yeah. great questions. And usually I think you get pretty, pretty straightforward answers. I don't think people are typically hiding too, too much when they when you ask the right types of questions there. Um, any advice or tips for engineers who may be preparing for technical interviews? Uh, probably even if, even if someone is not interviewing or plans to, uh, just practice once in a while. Uh, I still practice uh, various challenges on like hacker rank and code wars here and there. Um, it's mostly just to keep myself fresh uh, because uh, one thing that I always like to state uh, to anyone that I'm mentoring is whether uh, someone is, uh, whether someone enjoys their job, whether someone uh, does not like their job, whether someone is neutral about their job, and especially if someone uh, enjoys their job a lot, uh, always make sure that uh, A, your resume is always updated and that you are always practicing for interviews. Yeah, I think that's great. And and again, even if you're not looking, like there's patterns that you see that it's just nice to like be aware of like, oh, I'm regularly seeing this type of question, right? So like, it's something I should mm -hmm. be prepared for. Um, I, when yeah. my last job search, I realized most of the technical questions I got were like some variation on like iterate through an object and do something with a couple pieces of that information. Right. And I was like, Oh, it's just some version of this question over and over. And it's like, okay, if I get pretty good at this, that's 70% of the interviews that I went through. Right. Um, and that was just useful yeah. to know kind of going into that um, versus, you know, having not worked on those skills where it's a little rusty the first couple of times. Right. Which um, is yeah. fine, but it feels good to be able to, nail something rather like than having to stumble through it right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh do you have any different or additional advice for folks that are kind of early career like maybe this is their first or, or second job search still the same advice as uh i already stated but just kind of focus on how you can grow and learn uh especially if it is your first role and how you can convey that uh, in the interview process. Um, so even mentioning resources that uh, you're going through for continued education and uh, places where you get some of your most uh, recent uh, news updates for the tech space. Yeah, I think that's great. It, it Sometimes it feels like dropping buzzwords, but it does 
go and when you have such a short amount of time with an interviewer, right. And they're making a decision on if you get a job or not saying like, Oh, I, you know, I saw this thing on hacker news the other day that can literally be the difference between someone thinking, Oh, this person really cares about, or is really passionate about this versus they're not. And is that a good way for them to make that decision? Maybe not. Like it could be argued one way or the other, but if you know that that might give you a leg up and you actually do read hacker news every morning, it might be worth mentioning it, right? Just small things Mm -hmm. like that could be helpful. Cool. Um, any before we take our break and then move into the technical, any interviewing horror stories um, that you're willing to share that maybe uh, folks can relate to, so they think, okay, well, if Brian has been through this and you know now as a happy engineering manager, um, I can get through it too. Yeah, uh, whew, I'm sure, and everyone has like random horror stories. Uh, so at least one that definitely stands out is. Uh, I was just kind of tossed into an office for one technical interview, uh, just told to do this thing uh, with very minimal direction. No one was there. Uh, and the person that was interviewing me just kind of left and went about their day. Uh, and the impression that I got is that this is probably what the job was like, where mm. there would be no guidance, no support. Um, I kind of just wanted to leave right away because it was uh, was going to be waste a waste of my time um, to even like proceed. Uh, it was like resolving probably some inputs uh, through React and along with that price state management. It was like years ago at the time. Yeah. Um, and I've also been asked to do binary search tree and also write an API uh, that fetch data from a database, which it was for a front end role. So I was very <laughs> confused by that one. Um, like not even managing uh, the API handling from the front end, but like building it in order to, in order to work with a, with a database, which is weird. That's interesting. Yeah, I think sometimes people have the one size fits all technical interview and they yeah. <laughs> probably should have a couple, right? Uh, cool. Well, thanks, thanks for sharing that. So we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, move into the technical. Thank you for watching the first half of the Professional Technical Interviewee. The technical interview will be released one week from this episode. So be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss it. New episodes are released on the first four Thursdays of each month. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And remember, keep practicing.